see, young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. And this is Brandon Kilby HL. And welcome to another Grassroots Podcast episode where it's not just about where you're going or currently are, but it's also about where you came from. And I think we have the second to last person from your group text yeah. on our podcast. I'm completing the group chat. That was a great intro, by the way. You guys are way more professional than we are on our, our podcast. Yeah, you guys are not professional <laughs> at all. Parks just hits record, and I think we just say, oh, are we recording? And then we start the podcast. <laughs> We don't have that luxury, Rory, to just you you're know. You're Brandon on the boards. You're doing the whole shit. Don't don't do that. Don't <laughs> what, do that. Brandon Rory, on the Rory, boards. You're not Brandon on the boards. Rory, Rory is drunk already in the morning. People, FYI, <laughs> drunk from yesterday. <laughs> Let's be clear. My bad. This my is my bad. first drink today. <laughs> Guys gave me the uncool headphones. Everyone oh has Monster God. Beats. Gave me the Urban Outfitter. Listen, joints. man, we are a small podcast trying to get up. In the reins of where you and we're your comrades in, are. We're in a glass office. We record in Park's living room. Yellow <laughs> light gears above us. <laughs> Fucking dick. Oh, yeah, Y'all have, have mics that like sit on a table. We have like literally like recording. Someone's about to rap microphones. You guys have I the like platform. these better. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. All right. Well, we can fire off. Um, so first off, um, question, just because I, I don't know shit about you, even though we're friends. Oh, um, That's where, weird. I know. <laughs> where, did, uh, where did you get your first start uh, within the music industry? How did that come about? Uh, I was an intern at Def Jam when I was about 19. I think this was 2009 or 10. 2010. Okay. Uh, yeah, I started interning for uh, Gabby Peluso, who was the GM of Def Jam at the time. Okay. This was when Def Jam was dope. That that era, yeah, the Gabby, the Gabby <laughs> era, yeah, when Gabby was holding shit down. Damn, now were you there for the fall of that, or did you get out while you? Uh, could I got still out make right it? before the fall, uh, right before. Well, no, like midway through the move to the other building. Uh, for the people that do know, that Def Jam used to be in an amazing fucking office on 50th and on 8th. 50th and 8th. It was beautiful. It was two floors. It was amazing. You can look at when Dame spazzes on Kevin and yeah. Kaiser. Yeah. It's like a quick tour yeah. of how dope that office was. Um, and then I was at, uh, I think that's 1750 Broadway mm-hmm. for like a month. And I was working for Shaw Money at the time. Shaw left to go to Sony. Um, and I, I left when he left because I didn't want to work for anybody else but Shaw. Gotcha. Okay. Now, so fast forwarding, after you've now had uh, or kind of made your way within the music industry, um, where does that leave you? Because now I'm, I'm, I'm certain you've kind of made a name for yourself and now you're here. So um, I'm finally at a point where I have some luxuries to pick and choose what I want to do. Okay. Um, because the music industry is such fucking musical chairs and everyone just jumps from label to label. There's only so many positions. Uh, you have to play the game, which I don't really like to do mm-hmm. as an adult you know when i was 19 20 i was more comfortable doing it yeah um but now i'm provided the luxury with the resume that i have to pick and choose what i want to do okay um which is why i did leave and do advertising for a little while i mean universal music did merge with the ad agency that i was working for 
So I wasn't too far off, but it just gave me the luxury to not have Interscope on my resume. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, that's everyone gets in this whole hub of, all right, I started at Universal. Now I'm going to Republic. Now I'm going to Interscope. Now, like, they just, that's their resume. It's, yeah. it's literally just that. And if you see now, label shit is not as important as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I still think give five years, ad agencies are going to be labels. Yeah. So, I, you know. Why do you say that? Because it, it has what is needed now. Is literally just taking your music and putting it on a streaming site and bringing in as much revenue as possible. Uh, and Spotify, for example, yeah. was a client of my ad agency. There's no sense. What's the label for now? We have Spotify as our client. We have a whole clientele that True. can help you put your music out. We're not going to take your publishing. <laughs> so that's why agencies have become, you know, you see where artists are, are signing to literally agencies now. Yeah. They're not quick to sign for a label. So how does, okay, so from someone who has experience in advertising, so if that's going to happen, let's just say like in the next few years, how would like the contractual agreements be set up? Because obviously with the labels is 360, they get the publishing, you know, they get the, the tour money. So how would it set up for advertising companies then? Well, I mean like ad, well, agencies like CAA, for example, not really an ad agency, okay. but an agency, um, they're already doing rappers tours like they'll do the whole they'll route the whole thing yeah so there is it's not necessarily a 360 but they are taking a percentage off everything mm -hmm. and i would hope that a rapper would not sign a pub deal in 2017 so they can own their music but you know i mean there are artists out there that really don't have the luxury of being able to pick and choose like when Think about it. If you're a, a, a striving artist, you know, you, you finally have this maybe this one record or you have a buzz and then you have someone saying, hey, uh, I have this deal. I'm going to give you X amount of dollars that's associated with publishing deal. It's yeah. kind of like, how do you walk away from that? Well, I'm not of the belief that labels are completely obsolete. I still think labels can take if you're very much unknown. They can make you a star. Mm -hmm. They'll put you in the places you need to be. If you have talent, you'll last. If not, it'll just be a quick money grab for a label, i.e. why Atlantic is signing the Big Shaq guy and the Cash Me Outside girl for single deals. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's just make as much money as we can possible, which I think they thought was going to be for Cardi and that went otherwise. I'm curious what Cardi's deal is. Because I'm sure they gave her the same Cash Me Outside girl. It deal. has to have but, changed. She, but, she made history again. Yeah, it's but, like three songs. She's in the top ten. Yeah. Like motorsport, uh, motorsports. But my, but humor me. My thing is this, right? Do Let's you remember Fetty did the same thing, um, even more to a degree that Cardi did? Nah, but I think. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That's. I, I like it, I like Fetty a lot, but. That rise to fall is probably one of the bigger ones ever. Do you think that Fetty came a little too soon, though? I think it's easy. Yeah, to you your th point. You think he came? A his sound came a little too I think, soon? I think they just put all that music out at once, and it was cool when you have 15 records on Billboard. Yeah. But now your anticipation is way too high. And yeah. You can't spread any music out. Like, you didn't let a record work. Trap Queen was the only one they really let work. Yeah, yeah, that worked organically, 100%. Yeah. Then everything else, the 1738 and, and all those other records, he was just throwing them out. I agree. My thing is this, though. Um, to your point... Fetty, Fetty also didn't stop. You just... So, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Here's the thing, like, with art... Fetty could have been in, like, that night show type of artist where, yeah. like, you yeah. perform on Fallon mm -hmm. and shit, and then you disappear. Yeah. 
Fetty didn't disappear. He started doing features. He did like a mixtape with French Montana. It was like, dog, you need to chill. Yeah. You need to disappear and make people want to hear from you again. Mm -hmm. You are right now in a caliber of artist like Adele does the nightly show when she does yeah. fucking rollouts. You could have stayed in that realm, but you just wanted to fucking keep going and keep riding dirt bikes well, well that's to the studio <laughs> to record more music. Yeah. That was the thing I don't understand. It, it's almost like uh, I, I equate it to being like a hustler. Like when you're in the streets, yeah. you get money, and it's hard to walk away from that type of money that you're getting. Well, and, and, and money, I guess, in this point is is in, in both aspects between money and fame. So for him, he's like, all right, I got five records popping right now. We've um, also seen how that drug dealer movie ends every time. That, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But that's it's what I'm saying. It's never ended well. Yeah, it's never ended well. But I'm saying for, for him, I'm, I'm just assuming that it's one of those things where he looked at it like, fuck. I'm I'm doing all this. I'm super successful. Every one of my records that I'm putting out is a smash. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to stop? I need I need to I need to keep doing this, not knowing that I think it it hurts him more than yeah. helps him. I don't think it's completely over for Fetty because I, I think Fetty's talented and talented people are never gonna go. It's never over for someone that's actually talented. Yeah, and his sound of music is still that sonically could still be relevant. It's not like mm -hmm. that sound has came and gone. Yeah, but I think it, uh, this day and age, it's, it's a level of pressure now, considering yeah. the, the the bar that was set so high. And I, it's it's kind of like a catch-22. It's like, all right, I have these amazing records, and most artists don't really like to hold on to records. So it's like, A, do I put out one or two records and just stash the other ones, or B, do I just roll them all out and then just see what happens. So it's kind of like, what do it's, you do? It's a patience game. I mean, like you're saying, like Fetty Wap just was putting too many things out. Like one artist who I think has done a good job with the patience game is Designer. Like he could have put out so many songs after, but I don't he kind of went choice. slow. <laughs> well, even if it's his, his, not his choice or not, they did pretty good with not oversaturating when it came to him. Yeah, they let, they let, uh, what, what's the, what was the big record? They called? got Panda. Panda. They, they, let, they let Panda rock. Like, they worked that record, then uh, the Timmy Timmy Turner shit mm -hmm. was good, and then I don't know what the fuck happened. It was, like, one more record after that, which it, I think it was it was a good record. I just don't think it was the right record to follow up Timmy Timmy Turner. Yeah. But um, but even him, you can see um, with, with what he said recently about, you know, people saying that he fell off and all this other shit, I, I'm not, I didn't really buy that. I really looked at that like, all right, I'm starting to feel a little pressure. I'm starting to feel like this is Fetio designer. This is designer, designer. Yeah. and he's like, I'm, uh, you know, I didn't fall off. I got this big house, this big mansion, cool. But it's one of those things where he's like, you, he's kind of showing his cards. He's kind of looking at it like if you if you're reading between the lines, it's like one of those things where uh, I, I think you're feeling the his, pressure his more version than anything of, else. Does it look like I got left off bad movie? Yeah, is uh, not what it really is. So I think that's the the thing. I don't think that um, he's comfortable. I think he's in a little bit of a, a, a panic mode, frantic mode, and I think he's, he, you know, I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's talented. He's in the right camp, you know, yeah. to do it. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to, but... I mean, again, when you have one Mike those Dean people, at your leisure to yeah. just work with, yeah. you should yeah. be okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, the one thing we desire is that he's good with melodies. And yeah. if you have Mike Dean and you're good with melodies, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I think we, so, too. We shall see. <laughs> I, I wish the best for both I, I Fetty hope, and Design. I hope they all do well. I like them. They, listen, they're millionaires. They're fine. <laughs> they're not doing that bad. Yep, they're not doing that bad. Shit. Millionaire go quick with that lifestyle. That's true. Yeah. Buying mansions. And, and shit. Fetty got what? 
12 kids 12, now? 12, yeah. Oh my gosh! Jesus Christ! Really? Yeah, is he is he close to um, what's the NFL player who has like fourteen kids? Uh, a lot of them. I can't. Think. I was about to say it's <laughs> mad NFL players. No, there's like one that has the most, and the person who is probably like close to him is like Dwight Howard. I Dwight? didn't know Dwight Howard had a lot. Yeah, of kids. I didn't know. Yeah, what are you talking about? How many kids does he have? He has several. Damn, where? Uh, yeah. Shit. That's crazy. That's wild. Pull out game week. <laughs> Hi. Um, so early on, um, who was someone that kind of took a liking to you and, and saw your potential and, and wanted to bring that out of you? Um, <clears throat> Gabby sort of when she's not, I mean, I was a, a just another intern um, when I had started there, obviously. Um, but Gabby just doesn't like idiots. And like being an intern at that point, it's either... You're a complete, it, like simple tasks are hard for people for yeah. some odd reason when you're an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, she took a liking that I just wasn't, I had common sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But again, didn't really give a fuck because who gives a fuck about an intern when you're the GM? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Shaw Money was really the first person that like ever gave me a shot or said like, I think you have a good ear. And I think that was because he gave me 50 fucking beat CDs and was like, come back to me with a beat that you think is dope. Yeah. And I, I came back and I didn't have one. And okay. he was like, good. Because oh, I sure. know all those CDs are whack. <laughs> I was just curious to see what your ear was. Now, for the listeners, because um, we have a, a young demographic or a mixed demographic, I'll say, yeah. who is Shaw Money? Shaw Money um, was the president of G-Unit, um, was 50's first manager, uh, producer as well, um, outside of... of 50 was uh, the head of A&R at Def Jam when L.A. Reid was there, brought in Big Crit, um, was probably his biggest person that he brought in from the ground there. Then went over to Sony. Uh, now he's managing Joyner Lucas at the moment. Okay. Oh, I like Joyner. Yeah, I like Joyner Lucas, too. Really so. Yeah. No, Sha was the first and one. And Big Crit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sha was the first one that was like, all right, just come hang out with me. Because um, I had went into the office, uh, Big Crit. What the fuck was the name of the record? Children of the, it was something children, um, and it was doing really well online. And this is when they were still giving a fuck about what MTV and MTV2 was playing as far as videos. Mm-hmm. So they would submit certain things. Like I'd literally have to bring beta tapes from Def Jam over to BET okay. um, for them to play. So I went into, we had like a, some video meeting, and I had spoke up when Shy was in it, and he was the only one fighting for Crit. I was like, hey, we should submit this Crit video because it's getting 200,000 views on YouTube. But they were like, oh, no, we're only focused on MTV right now. We're not going to submit. We don't care what the internet's They doing. wasn't fucking with that shit. And this is too, it wasn't even that. It was 2010. People were on the fucking internet in 2010. Yeah, basically. Um, so when I had said that, Shy had took a liking to me. He was like, all right, you're young and get it. Come hang out with me. And it was just on from there. And then I ended up working for him after I interned um, for Gabby. Dope. Oh, man. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. The so. little... I love I love how like people like you get those little moments. Like, had what do you think would have happened had you picked just one record that you at least thought was okay? I think about that shit all the time because like <laughs> I interned at that point. I was interning like Monday, Thursday, Friday, or some shit, and I was working at American Eagle at Newport Mall <laughs> in between. <laughs> I do think like, what if that meeting was on? <laughs> you look like a Amber. <laughs> Son, I used to just sleep. I used to just sleep in the fucking uh, 
changing rooms, whatever them shits, fitting rooms. Yeah. I was the worst employee ever. <laughs> I was literally the worst employee ever. I'm shocked they let me there that whole summer. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so do you feel like the role of A&R is going to change as the industry further changes more? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a deaded art as of now. There's not really A&R. There's not artist development. But again, I don't know if you need artist development as much because these kids are so intact with their fans and they talk to them every day. Like the fans, this is the first time the fans really, really know the artist. The, yeah. fan, the consumer is the smartest the consumer has ever been. Yeah. It's hard to fake the consumer now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, of course, artist development helps when you're creating a star. But I think between A&R and, and, and finding talent, it, it's all in front of you with tangible numbers. The kids are talking to their fan base. The fan base knows who they are. They're very open. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's kind of rightfully dead. Um, I know people argue all the time, I wish there was more A&Rs. I wish there was more artist development. The way the kids move now, I don't think they need it. Um, When you want to create a star, for example, like with Cardi B, she'll need some artist development to be created, like to really be a star. Yeah. But at the same time, we know Cardi B. So we know when it's going to be fake and when it's not going to be fake. So how much can you really do? And as I mean, A&R, shit. When was the last time uh, A&R actually signed an artist? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, nine. It, it, that doesn't really happen anymore until your point. But the other thing is, as well, when you think about artist development, um, I think in this day and age, fans empower artists to have that connection with them versus before. Like this day and age, you know, uh, back then when you were having ARs, you weren't even allowed to talk to fans, like to yeah. be that personal and to have yeah. that connection. Like you were supposed to be, you know, like an enigma, like a, a ghost, like. I feel like I feel like uh like Eminem and, and that whole shady camp, they still kind of move like that. They're very cryptic, they're very yeah. secretive and like a secret society. Whereas anyone else, all, all new artists, they're all very public and you know, if something's going wrong, they, they gotta break up. Yo, I'm yeah. the first thing I'm doing is yo, I loved her, or you know what I'm saying, it was over a blanket or whatever the fuck it is. Whereas uh back then that shit wouldn't happen. Yeah. A lot of times you would be shelved just because they didn't know what to do. Like it, it, it's a it's a complete flip-flop, which I think is interesting. I think artist development is around, but it's just not the label level. Like I think it is within like when the artists are independent and they're crafting and trying to find their sound. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of there are a few artists out there that started with one sound, wasn't working, then they changed it and now mm-hmm. it's like shit's popping. Like that happened to um 24 hours. Mm. When he changed his complete sound. Mm-hmm. People didn't even know it was the same person. Yeah. I mean, I think the A&R now is just the cooler guy at the office that could be the liaison between the artist and the label. Like, yeah. who yeah. the artist feels like dealing with. I don't know. You know, uh, Brandon, I know you know him. Uh, Orlando. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if he considers himself an A&R. But to me, he's he, the modern day A&R of how much talent he's brought to 300. 100%. Like, I think... Orlando is a perfect example of what an A&R is in 2017. Yeah, 100%. So who is Orlando for those who may not know? Uh, Orlando, I mean, I don't know if he's really an employee of Atlantic, but I, I know like a, a lot of his talent goes to Atlantic, but like he found P&B, he found Fetty. Uh, the list goes on. I don't want to sell him short, but Orlando has found a lot of the modern day talent, brought yeah. it to 300, brought it to Atlantic. And he actually um, molds these artists too. Like he's one of the rare people um, with the exception of like Berg that I've actually seen mm. be in the studio with an artist and is actually coaching them, like yeah. actually telling them what to do. 
Whereas nowadays, a lot of people that are ARs, they just all right, sign this artist, cool, and then that's it. Go, go, create. Yeah. They're not really in the studio creating and 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 getting you know records and yeah. trying to cultivate the artist. So seeing him work, I, I've seen it, so I, I can I can attest to that. So it's kind of like the A and Rs are just managers or people who are kind of like in that helpful role. Yeah. Because would you? I would. Would you consider Coach K as one? Uh, I mean, he's just a phenomenal fucking manager. <laughs> He's just yeah. good at everything as far as placing artists with brands he thinks are great as well as just finding talent. I don't understand someone that age that could be this good at knowing what kids like. Yeah. <laughs> Coach K deserves a lot of fucking credit. He's far from just an A&R, a manager. Well, yeah. That Coach he's, K. He's, he's kind of like a hybrid. Like he's, he's doing fucking everything. Co- he's, he's named correctly. He's Coach K. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, Coach he's K done some really great. epic shit when you think about it, though. Yeah. He's done a lot. Like all those guys, that's a lot. Yeah. Shout out to Coach K. This yeah. has been a very industry episode, by the way. Yeah. A lot well, of name dropping. I know, right? And normally of, we don't, though. Yeah, we don't. You come over here shit. and fucking <laughs> corrupt our fucking shit. We Listen, try to man, stay away from current some, events, and then you start questions. talking about Cardi and all this other you good ask shit. questions, I answered them. But you know what's <laughs> crazy? Like, we, we talk about it like we know, but there are people yeah. that actually have no idea any of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, well, well that's the good thing, too, uh, which I think makes this conversation, because somebody like Rory has been around in so many different channels and different uh, atmospheres where he's able to really give both sides of the fence, be it working in a corporate office like a Def Jam and then not doing that and getting a quote unquote regular job and still being able to, you know, talk about these things. So I think that that's dope. Um, So now let's fast forward. Uh, Joe Button podcast. Yes. With Rory and Moore. <laughs> yes, with Rory. Well, that's the one thing I keep saying. With Rory and Moore. I saw. I saw Let's a make picture. That clear. I saw a picture the other day. I was hysterically laughing. It was a. It was a post that said Joe Budden, and then it said, uh, "I think I don't know if you added it or somebody, but somebody added your name, like wrote in, cropped it in shout with out, Rory, and then somebody else put in another name and put with Moore. I thought that was shout, the funniest shout out to shit whoever ever. did that. <laughs> Rest in peace. I'll name this podcast. Later. Yeah, word. God damn it! Why do we? name it yeah i don't know why y'all named it but whatever but um marketing i guess yeah i guess it's something even though i thought that was like the the coolest name though i'll name that podcast later because it's just it It, kind of was i mean in the larger scale like the longer conversation it's easier to google it's easier to tell people it spreads faster with advertisers yeah it's just easier yeah I, i know it's i know it sucks because I'll name this podcast later was the greatest name ever, yeah. but just for the bag in the long run, it made more sense. You got after it, it just yeah. made more sense. Yeah, but so, not not that Joe needed any more ego boost. <laughs> but <laughs> how do you, how do you put up with this? Like, how does this work? I I, I listen to uh, the dynamic and just knowing you both personally, you're both assholes to the tenth power. Nobody could do that podcast, but more myself. Yeah, like yeah, you you could. I mean, that this our circle of friends could do it. Yeah, but like. I, shit, when we were first starting it, when when Madi was there and I, I was just helping with the production aspect of it, we were talking about like, oh, maybe we should get a comedian in here. Maybe we should add different types of people. And then it just kind of ran its course and was like, dude, the only people that could produce a great podcast with Joe and his antics and it feel organic and it not turn into screaming matches and it yeah. be fun is yeah. his friends. Like yeah. the chemistry is there. I think that's why people like our podcast because it sounds like three friends just kicking it. Yeah. yeah. And and everyone knows dealing with Joe, even he he would say himself, is not the easiest fucking thing to do. Yeah. So <laughs> it's better with, when his friends are involved if we're doing a regular kickback podcast. Yeah. 
I, I think it's so funny. Like you and Joe usually go back at it. You just see Maul just like sitting there. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, like 30 minutes into it, he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do me and Joe go back and forth? Let, let the internet tell it. I'm a dick rider and agree with everything that Joe says. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say that. All we I, fucking do is argue. I was gonna say we don't agree yeah, on anything. I was gonna say you guys go back and forth. There's times where you take a side on things where I think logically it makes sense, and then there's times where you guys, for like a good 20 minutes, are going back and forth with each other. And then yeah. for you, for those that don't know, then it spirals into our group chat, and they're still going back and forth with Pretty each much. other. So that's normally <laughs> what happens. The shit don't really stop. It just trickles over, and then when we in person, it trickles over like. We both Randomly. we both like to argue, which is yeah. not a good trait to have. Yeah. I wish I didn't have the trait of debate. Like yeah. I just like I do think it sparks like an intellectual conversation. I think you get to know people more when you debate with them, but I literally oppose someone even if I don't for the Yeah, sake, just for the just fuck for of, the it. Sake of it. Yeah. But I think I that's just, the, I the, the curious side of the both of you. You both like to to push the envelope to see what a reaction is gonna be. Like well, you'll say when you, you are like a record. yourself the most is yeah. when the guard is down and you're angry and <laughs> this is how I'm going to react. And people get upset when they argue. I've argued so much. I know when to put emotion in it and when not to put emotion in it. Yeah. So it's just curious to see how people react when <laughs> you oppose them. That's a trait amongst you guys. Joe picked at me when he came on. Yeah. You too with the headphones. Yeah. Listen, man, you but give I'm me the whack chill. headphones. <laughs> I'm chill. I'm t- I got Yo, those are expensive headphones. I was about to say, they I don't know whack. what you're Those don't are look expensive. <laughs> Those are expensive. Yeah, those are expensive headphones. You got to do Viewers. your research. <laughs> Come on. We're not naming it. We didn't get a sponsorship yet. I'm not Yeah, we're, we're not naming those. They, the name is a really bad beer. <laughs> you guys can research that on your own. Well, hey, I guess shit for free, so I'm going to take it. I talk your shit. Speaking of, there's <laughs> a lot of product free. placement on this table right Word, now. Word, I ain't going to lie. Word. Let's get some of this Listen, shit down. Yeah, I was about Black, to say, Black, <laughs> get all boom, of this. Boom, we ain't going to be boom. giving y'all free pub. <laughs> ain't getting no, no checks, no nothing yet. But call us. Word. <laughs> so, um, another question, curious question. I've always uh, wondered this. I'm just never asked because I don't really care that much outside of doing it on a podcast. Um, oh, oh, great. I can't <laughs> wait. I cannot wait to answer this. Yes. <laughs> uh, serious question though. What is uh, one gift and one curse you would say that uh, you can take from the show and, and how that's kind of shaped you moving now? Uh, a gift and a curse from the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's a gift to be able to have your voice heard every week. Mm-hmm. I will say that, um, but it's a catch-22 in what I'm saying. I also, with that, I now have to deal with everyone responding to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very private person, and it is a little irritating. I am human at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know, I know everyone, it sounds cool to be like, well, just turn your phone off. Just block them. Motherfucker, I read that shit and I felt some type of way. Like, I hate when people are not honest with themselves and, and say how cool and untempered they, they are and like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't care. Nah, fam, I, I have feelings too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so shit like that really does bother you. Like, when, bothers, when, when you bothers do... not the Well, I guess bother by definition would be the word. Yeah. But it's not like, it doesn't affect my day. Perturbed it's just like, I'll read something and it'll, it'll just annoy me for a second. And that little second of annoyance may add up to a couple of them. Yeah. And now I'm annoyed. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. And people, the biggest thing that's bothered me the most, I don't mind people, because it, it means people are listening. If people come up and say, what's up, this is a podcast, whatever. I think that's great. I, I'll always, I'm, who am I to not yeah. say what up and say thank you? Like, I'm nobody. Yeah. It does bother me when people think 
the jokes that Maul, Joe, and I tell each other on the podcast, that you're now part of that joke. So they say so they'll the same come thing? they'll come up to me in the street and say the joke or be part of the joke. Like you're not part of the joke, fam. Those are my friends. <laughs> well, you should be very cautious it, about how you speak to people. Well, that's true. But in <laughs> yeah. all fairness, right? It's just it's just like um, social media when you tweet something or post something. The moment you post something, and, and, and in your case, you have a, a podcast. So the moment you record something, yeah. drop it. You're now putting it out there for public consumption where well, they can actually be a part of it and they can actually technically come up to you with the joke. <laughs> no, they, they can. They have every right to. Yeah. But I mean, and also to your point of, of saying something and putting it out there, it also no longer becomes mine. Once it's yeah. out there, it's, it's now interpreted by someone who I don't know, have no idea how they think, mm-hmm. have no idea what their brain works when they hear things. So now something I said can become a completely different interpretation. Gotcha. Yeah. So now I'm responsible for how you took something. Yeah. And that's frustrating. Like, I didn't say that. Yeah. You interpreted it that way. That's not my fault. <laughs> well, I can see how that, that's frustrating. Yeah. I have a question. So, like, when you opened up about personal things, like, on one of the episodes you opened up about unemployment, has anyone has anyone ever gone up to you and, and said oh, anything yeah. about uh, that? I've shit on the way here when I got off the path. Really? I, how's the job search going? Like, all right, fam. <laughs> what like what if I'm with my mom or something? <laughs> Which is fine though, because I mean I do have very thick skin, and I said like I don't I laugh with you. <laughs> Roy, yeah. get your broke ass up. No, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Uh, it's funny, it's the real. Just did a live podcast in uh, L.A. and Jeff had texted me during or after the show and was like, someone screamed, "Help Rory get a job!" during our live show. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is funny. I'm here for that whole. St- I mean, because it's become like a story on there. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm doing just fine. <laughs> if I wanted to be employed, I would be employed. Like, yeah, I'm, once you said he was unemployed, the first thing I said when he said he lost, I was like, all right, great. Well, the <laughs> the thing concerned. was, I was going to quit in December. Yeah, and it happened in August, and I just took that as God saying, all right, fam, now, now you're no, you're quitting now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I got a severance package out of that instead of quitting. You know, what, oh, you fucking chilling. severance package. Oh, he's I don't hanging. care about your feelings, nigga. <laughs> I, I, yeah, me either. I don't care about. The- <laughs> It did happen on my mom's birthday. Though. That was kind of like, oh, that's why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, call my mom. Hey, happy birthday. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I can come over now. <laughs> do you want to do lunch instead of dinner? Because I'm free. <laughs> I got a Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay, though, because you got a job. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, backlash. Let's talk that. How do you how do you? handle that like what is what are some some things you do to kind of use as an outlet so that you don't uh i guess i lose control or or do something irrational now because again we're we've established that uh you're on you have a platform uh it actually has a big impact and you really have to kind of mind what you say even when you're you know clearly joking but when backlash comes a lot a lot of times what do you do to kind of handle that Mm, just laugh because you got to think this who is that person yeah <laughs> and not to belittle them i'm not belittling belittling anyone that listens to the podcast agrees or disagrees with me that's that's great you're entitled to your opinion i'm glad you're listening even if you disagree with me mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open to, again i like to argue i think that's yeah. great you just have to remember like dog who are you yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get mad over you mm-hmm. i don't know you yeah. <laughs> you could you could be whack yeah <laughs> <laughs> now now i'm whack <laughs> oh my god so it's just that process. But I shit, people have it way worse than I do. So I, I'm the last person that should be complaining about backlash. Yeah. 
for, it could for be people worse. that are like actually popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're pretty popular. Uh, to the extent of uh, Ashton Kutcher, I, I think I'm a peon. You guys have the same beard. <laughs> Do we now? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I could bag Demi more. <laughs> if she's available. Yeah, we're, 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 we don't know. What's up with Demi Moore? I don't know. What is she doing? I haven't uh, seen anything out with her recently. Probably fucking. She's been fucking for a long time. Or maybe dating a billionaire. Or, That's like yeah. a new thing now. She's been too. in these streets now thinking about it. Good for her. Word. <laughs> Yo, get that money. <laughs> Shit. Um, has has there uh has anything happened on the show uh for you where you wish that uh maybe you guys as a collective handled it differently or it was like one of those things where it's like, damn, ugh, maybe it was too soon to joke about that, or maybe we shouldn't have joked about it at all. Uh, shit, a, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad a, a inappropriate lot. shit on the Joe Bud podcast. Yeah, and also my brain has kind of tuned itself out from the pot. Like I don't, I don't re-listen to episodes. Yeah. The moment I leave, I, I've kind of left that room. Yeah. I don't really remember typically what, like the moment we're done, and I have to start thinking of what segments we want to chop up. Uh, what's the artwork gonna be? What's the name of the title of the episode? I be, I ask fucking Chris or Savon like, yo, what did we talk about? And this is the second we're done recording. I don't know. My brain has just. I don't know if it's like therapy. <laughs> I was to just sleep. leave that hostile room and just forget about it. You know, like when people block like traumatic things from their childhood. Yeah, yeah. I think that's me in that podcast. Because the moment <laughs> I the moment I leave, I forgot everything we talked. Like people would tweet me some shit that I said. I'm like, damn, I said that. Oh my <laughs> Jesus, God. he is wrong. <laughs> Attack that guy. <laughs> so there's a lot of things. Um, I mean, nothing really super in particular. Um, the title shit we probably shouldn't have talked about, but not the bag. Not, yeah, not that it mattered, yeah. but yeah, why not? Yeah, that ain't that big of a deal. I can uh, think of way more shit y'all should have spoken about. Yeah. I mean, I just, it was fucking like, of course not to this degree, but it was like Tyrese fucking talking about the Apple deal in the studio and Jimmy Iovine freaking out. But yeah. like, like, why is Tyrese breaking this? Yeah, that's true. I it's just that. some shit. It, I think if we ended up taking the deal, it would have affected the rollout. I, I think it would have just been cooler had we not said anything. But again, oh, yeah. it, it didn't really matter. So wait, did y'all get the deal or did you not take it or was an offer made? Yeah, offer was made. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was just not for us. Oh, okay. Unless they come back, which I'd love to work with Title, but it just didn't financially make sense for what we were giving them. And it wasn't a, it wasn't chump change at all. But you just were trying to get your worth. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, yeah, knowing all three of you guys, you're definitely going to try to get your worth. You're not going to let anybody undercut you. And, and still, I still kind of have to... We got to be a little less humble because I, I think... I don't know if, it, if it's just that still that old Joe stigma with older executives, if you will, that they think like we're not doing more numbers than all these podcasts. They're mm-hmm. like, well, they're no Nori or combat. And I'd be like, dog, look at our numbers. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. So I think people are underselling us just thinking that it's not as popular. Meanwhile, we're doing, if not better yeah. than all, I'm not our competition because we're not really guest based like everyone else. But I mean, shit, in our world, we're not number one. We're either number one or just below it. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys do solid numbers. You're like at 400K uh, listens. Yeah. If you add up everything, it's about yeah. half a million a week. Yeah. It's, That's wild. That's awesome, though. word. Hey, guys, if you're listening, can you uh, tune into our podcast, Crackers for Crackers Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Crackers Podcast. We plugged your podcast on there. I know. I know. A couple times. We, we, oh, really? We, yeah, we appreciate it. We definitely she do. She don't even listen, so. <laughs> no, I, 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 I 
listen to the podcast. Brandon was like, but... we're going to have Rory on. She was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> no, I no, know who no, you are. No, no. I, what I will say what? is, what I will say is, she said, yo, we should have Rory on. And I said, fuck Rory. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. No, but she, uh, uh, all jokes aside, she did say that. She was like, yo, I, we should really have a conversation with Rory. I, she was like, I like the way he handles himself on the podcast, and I just think it'd be a dope conversation. So I was like, right, I'll ask you. Well, and then, yeah, th- th- I gave you props. I didn't shit on you. Were, yeah. you, were you responsible for Brandon's uh, gas station skit that went on Instagram? No. Because Brandon no. said it was for... Uh, a test or something for yeah. his class that I think you guys met if I listened yeah. to the podcast correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we met. But Were it was you not holding me. the camera? No, that was not me. I was not. What was you that? You guys will never that find episode, out. Is that, is that skit still on your Instagram? Yeah. No, I took it down. The purpose of it was I met some guy. I'm going to find the clip. It's probably somewhere deep in the depths of our group chat. Right. I'm, I'm sure going to post it. I'm going to post it on I my Instagram. About the skit? I'm sure it is. So it was what happened was uh, to give the listeners some some uh, clarity. What happened was as me and Aaron were doing, we were doing our our uh, executive MBA programs at Rutgers. In the midst of that, I met someone that uh, who will uh, remain nameless, but he was uh, social media, but he had worked for like so many different companies, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And he was kind of teaching me on how, you know, uh, to make an impact, how to control your content. So he, we were joking around and he said, look, um, do you know who your fan base is? And I said, yeah, you know, I, I, I do music. So I'm, I'm think I'm pretty sure on who my yeah. fan base is. And he says, okay, so post a video that's completely opposite of your fan base. He was like, if they, uh, you know, if they support you or if, the, if it gets the impressions that you think, yeah. then they'll support you with whatever you do. This yeah. is when me and you were already in By the, the way, planning stage. You know this skit was so wild that the backstory is this long. Yeah, <laughs> real shit. So I did a, I did a skit video. Um, I, that was the only thing I could really think to do. I, I did skits. Oh, don't stop the story now. Explain yeah. the motherfucking skit. Well, the skit is me in the, in the gas station. Um, a gas attendant comes fucking over. Fucking Exxon on Duncan or some yeah, shit. Yeah, some shit. Nevertheless, the skit don't make no number. No, 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 no. That's the, that's the point the skit, of this. They're not going to get the skit because they didn't see it. Well, Roy. you have to explain it. You explain it. the well, backstory. Well, Roy, please go back. Back to the text group. No. Find who's, it. Who's Brandon out? was in. A, I want to see this. Uh, oh, can I we move forward this. in the fucking? No. <laughs> Brandon was like singing Fetty Wap, throwing dollar bills at a gas station. I wasn't embarrassing dollar bills. himself. Mind you, okay. It, 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 was it an embarrassing <laughs> video? Yes, that was the purpose of it. But the amount of impressions I got. The impressions. Let me know. That guy knew what the fuck he was talking about. It so worked. your group, but nobody, nobody was impressed with yeah. your impression. Mind you, mind you, um, I'm getting killed in uh, in my group chat. Yo, Brandon's losing it. Yo, we need an intervention with Brandon. We was Yo, is he drinking? Man. Is he on drugs? Did anybody speak to him today? And I'm like, fam, I can read all of these messages in the group chat. Like, I see what's happening. I wasn't sure if you were still I'm, pumping I'm gas. Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, my asshole friends are like, Yo, are you still pumping gas? Did you get yeah. your credit card back? And you all were this sniffing other... that gas. Is what you all was right. Doing. Okay. Rory, it's, just... it's, you know what? I I kind of agree with what the guys said too. Because I put up a video recently that's opposite of what I usually do and. Numbers and, did pretty well, and, and that's and that's well, what, what got was me your thinking. I didn't do a skit. I don't do oh. skits. It was just like a random moment. Okay, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Are you skit shaming? What the fuck? No, I just don't. Brandon do is offended. 
No, I just have to say, I just have to say, because Brandon is trying to get me to drop bars one yo, day on a podcast. Aaron got bars, I'm like, absolutely yo, not. I'm t- absolutely yo, not. put a beat on. You have to see Erin nah. when she walks in to record some days. I'm telling you, she has a rapper. <laughs> the other night we recorded an episode last night. She had on fucking jays with like leather pants and like a, a fur. I was like, yo, you Hollywood fam. Like, uh, she, so there's, there's life outside the cool patches on yeah. the. I'm, yeah, the listen, green yeah. Shirt. Right. There, there's more there's to Erin that meets that. the eye. I'm telling you. Just yeah. speaking of that, what's now thinking about it? What what's something that you're interested in that maybe people would not know about you, or it would I guess people would be shocked by? Like Abercrombie Fitch. Outside, yeah. First outside, of all, I'm it was kill uh, you it was American that. Eagle, <laughs> and I know for a fact Brandon has shopped at that American Eagle in Newport Mall. Uh, Fr- uh, yeah, yeah, that's what uh, I thought. Uh, that's what that's. Uh, listen, that that's where you used to get, yo. That's where you used to get <laughs> fire lumberjack yes. shirts. Yeah, the flannels what? are fire the at American Eagle. Fire, oh, y'all fucking talking fire. About American Eagle, Great give us a call. Fucking cardigans <laughs> and all that shit. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, they used to have some font, um, some dope shit until I started working out. And I couldn't fit shit. I wouldn't put on a shirt one day. That shit ripped. I said, oh, let me hang this right back on the rack and <laughs> walked right on out. Uh, what was the question? I don't... Uh, um, what's something that you're interested in uh, or, or, or that you take a liking to that maybe people wouldn't really think or people would be shocked by? Uh, what do you like, knit? Sh- I, w- I actually have knitted before in uh, Serial Killer. And you the, know, the uh, little knit part is still in my mother's living room that I did in uh, like eighth grade. Oh my God. Still there. Hat? No, it's just like a knit. It's like a little <laughs> it's just thing. Like a, it's like a square. <laughs> a but I thought it was fire. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's surprising. I love record stores. Like, I could live in a, a record store for five hours. Oh, so you're like Parks. You like to collect, like, uh, classic yeah, vinyl like, records. Like, 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 when we do the Henny Palooza tour, I'm my only child, so I need, like, a break from people. Yeah. So I'll always do my, like, own three hours to get away from the ten people that are out of their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually try to find a record store that's in that city. I, I just prefer it. Even mm-hmm. if I don't buy shit, it's cool to just listen to records at the record store. And do you still have, like, a record player mm-hmm. and shit like that? Re- oh, record shit. player in my, uh, in my living room. I don't know And that. I have a tape player that I still have tapes that I play. It's a, diff- it's a warmer sound when you listen to records. Yeah. Especially if they're from a certain era. Like, I know people go to Urban Outfitters and buy lemonade on vinyl. And that's cool, I suppose. But there's something with an age record. It just has a warmer sound to it than a sound bar. (laughs) I think it's certain records that are, like, nostalgic that you you can buy uh, vinyl and, like, hang it up. Like, I thought about, like, shit like that. Like, let's say, like, like, I would buy, like, The Chronic. Or like mm. my like the first album I ever bought was fucking Doggy Style Snoop Dogg like that if I can get that vinyl and frame that shit I would do that because I just think that that's nostalgic. But people that yeah and people that do buy records like you can go buy the Chronic but try to find one that's from '92 or whatever the fuck that came out. Yeah, like find the when it came out because the vinyl is not going to sound the same if yeah. it was pressed in 2017. Yeah, that's true. It's it's just not the same. It, yeah. it has a way different sound. It may be a crisper sound, but it's not what it sounded like. In that yeah. year, <laughs> it's also a different listening experience. When you're listening to vinyl, like you're actually sitting down and listening. I feel like if you're going through like a speaker or something like that, you're not really focusing on the music. And, and, and you're more forced to listen to the whole album. I mean, yeah. you can skip on vinyl, but it's not the easiest thing to do. So yeah. you're kind of forced to listen to the record yeah. <laughs> in its entirety. Um, okay, so another question. What, so what's something you struggle with on a consistent basis? And that could be personal or... Uh, Business-wise or just in general? 
Uh, probably patience. Um, I'll jump the gun on things sometimes. Uh, I don't know if that's out of passion or just out of love for whatever it is that I'm doing, but patience is something I struggle with from waiting in line to get a water before I came here to, <laughs> to the title deal. Like patience is just something I've always, always struggled with. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like ADD or something, but patience is literally the hardest thing for me. Like oh. me sitting down is insane. I was that psychotic child that was running around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, now I'm that psychotic adult that does the same thing. Yeah. You Well, I mean, you're showing signs of being a serial killer, but that's for another episode. That's fine. I No, um, I agree. I would put me on watch. Yeah. One day 100%. I'm going to snap. Yeah. All of you guys. All and, of you. and I'm going to kill the Aaron people too. closest to me. So... <laughs> you live close by. <laughs> Brandon. Let me, let me just uh, put family locator on my phone. This will be a creepy YouTube clip in five years. <laughs> Where this is going to end up on a documentary and shit oh, years ago before Where Rory were the lost signs? It. <laughs> before he lost it, he showed signs of killing his we friends. We didn't know. He was such a nice little boy at the time. Word. I would, they would definitely give me the troubled youth. Yeah, 100 He was such a nice kid. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they got to stop with that bullshit. Yeah, I don't get that. All right, so my last question, um, how's the job search going? And the only reason I do ask that is because um, I looked at it almost like a blessing. Obviously, I listened to the podcast, and it is somewhat like a story, but it's almost like, I feel like it's almost like, um, it's like a resume for you. Like, you can use that as almost like a positioning tool. So I say that to say, like, have you gotten offers because of that? Like, because I got an offer the, the first, the day I released the podcast that Joe had mentioned it the first time, I got an offer within an hour. Yeah. I like, figured. wait, you don't have a job? Yeah. Come here. But again, to, to repeat myself, I'm finally in a space where I can pick and choose the things that I want to do. I've done so much shit that I've hated just to survive. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm kind of in a space where I don't have to do that. So I want to be very particular in what I pick next. Yeah. I don't want to make the mistake of just doing something to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment, by God's grace, money isn't a huge, huge issue. So I have some security to find something that I actually like and not just be like, oh, well, that's a money grab. Yeah. Let me go be miserable over there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you also holding off with the hopes of like things progressing with the podcast just so um, it doesn't conflict with it? The thing, I mean, we've we've gone through so many ups and downs behind the scenes that the listeners would never know with the podcast. And, and you don't want to tell us now? Direction, no. <laughs> and the direction that it's going, um, I think it's organically grown. So I'm at the space back to my patience. I'm trying to get just to the space to let it happen organically and where I think the podcast will go. We've had a million meetings. We've met with every person that you guys have ever tweeted us about. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's going to grow. I'm just not in a rush for it to grow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think... Podcasting is still very much relevant. I don't see it going anywhere. Not for I think it's just going to get. Time. I just think it's going to get bigger. Yeah. Um, and I think more people are now paying attention. Of course, labels and radio—they're always late to the party. So now they're like, "Oh, this podcasting thing is cool." And it's like, Duke, it's been years. Yeah. <laughs> they're always last people. Anyway. Yeah, always. Always late to the party. Which I know. Yeah. You would think you have a lot of money, you'd want to be in the front, but of course not. But I think it's always also because of like just the. The regime that are in a lot of these uh, labels. They, they old, man. Hip, yeah. hip hop, people have to remember, hip hop is not old. It's new. Like, yeah. Jay Z is the first artist we're seeing really age the way rock and roll stars have aged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen, of course, there's artists older than Jay, but not as active as he's been. 
and it's still the, it's the same execs that when Russell started, like mm-hmm. they were the assistants. Now they're the executives and they're not that old. So they're not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I would love if they were a little bit more in touch with hiring people that were younger, because why wouldn't you want someone that you're the demographic I'm selling to? I'd like yeah. to have you near me. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're not that old. They're middle aged. They have kids. I don't blame them for, for not like people are like, Oh, for the culture, you should, Quit. Yeah. <laughs> I got a mortgage and kids. <laughs> fuck, fuck the culture. <laughs> so I get like I get why there's still older execs that are holding everything to a certain extent. But I, I think people like Lior stay right on the verge of, of what's changing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think people like that are fine. But hip hop's not old, man. It's there's still everyone that started it is still around. <laughs> it's still very young when you think about it. Like we were having that conversation and hip hop is what like. 30 years old or some shit like that. 78, like, 79. It's yeah, it's not, it's it's still a growing yeah. uh, genre and it's still now the number one most influential genre that's out there. And there's still, yeah, yeah. you know, so much more room to grow with it. Yeah, just think about it. Our parents or our grandparents are older than hip hop. Yeah, that's crazy. That's how um, new it my is. My parents are older than hip hop. Yeah. yeah, that's how like new Significantly it is. older than hip hop. Yeah, that shit is nuts when you think about it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a young genre, man. So it's, it's curious. I'm curious to see. I think more people like Jay should continue. So it's not just a young man's game, as everyone says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still possible to make those records. I mean, we see with Eminem now. Uh, I mean, I just wish they would have used a drum on that Beyonce and Eminem song. But yeah, I mean, we see people aging in hip hop now. Yeah. What do you think about the record? I I was waiting for the build up. Yeah. And the build up never came. Yeah. I just I wish mm-hmm. someone had a snare in that studio. That mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think it was like a safe record for him? Like it's like, of course. It, it, I think yeah, the names yeah, yeah, yeah. itself. Well, I mean, sell that record. M M in the latter part of his career has always grabbed a chick that could sing really well. That's popular with yeah. Rihanna with that Skylar joint and, mm-hmm. and does yeah. those records. They always go, that Beyonce Eminem record will be number one tomorrow. Yeah, it's so. it's safe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I, I love M, but I just I don't really need to hear him complain. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't. I was kind of taken back by it. I didn't really like that part of it. Like, I'm used to him being very triumphant and very uh, sure of himself. And to hear that vulnerable side where it's like, damn, you really care what these fucking people think? <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, in the middle of his career, which he did say that all the time, like with who I am and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like, dude, I, no one wants to hear a 45-year-old talk, complain about people's opinions. Yeah. It was kind of like with the title rollout when it was like Jay brought a bunch of millionaires on mm-hmm. stage and was like... We need more money. And it's yeah. like, we don't, we need money. <laughs> so you just brought a bunch of people up there to complain as your rollout. Like, yeah. People are hungry. They don't yeah. need to hear millionaires complain. Yeah. That's facts, true. facts. Well, you know what? I'm fine with the song because it's going to be competing with Taylor Swift. So it's going to be for the culture. What's, what's the Taylor Swift record? She's dropping a project. So yeah. she may not get oh. number one if with yes, M and Yes, Jones. she will. <laughs> Taylor oh, Swift will get number one. Over, over M? And Beyonce, she has such an avid fan too. That's I feel like thing. if drums came in that record, it would play on the radio more. Like it just needed a drum, and it would have been fine. They should drop that. It's remix. Very somber. Remix is adding the drums Where? in. I'm saying, it just Blaze needs to just throw. It doesn't have to be a lot of drums. Just a kick some. or a snare <laughs> somewhere. Some <laughs> little some. Yeah, when M shouts, just maybe add some drums, man. Yeah. When you um. When up-and-coming artists reach out to you, because obviously, uh, like all of you, Maul, Joe, you guys always play up-and-coming artists on your, your platform. What's something that um, you would 
I guess, advise them to focus on um, when building their brand or, or, or trying to, uh, you know, cultivate? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, your marketing's important, how you look, all that bullshit. Music is what is matters and what's going to last. Mm-hmm. You should be putting all your focus and your money into that. Of, of course, you, you see people like the Catch Me Outside girl that just, oh, well, they're yeah. making money off image. If you look at the people that have lasted and look at the people, like people say hip-hop is dead or whatever, the rappers have always been number one. Yeah. Kendrick yeah. has always been number one in his era. <clears throat> Coles, Kanye, like Lil Wayne, I think is a, a great rapper too. If you look at all the times people have said rap is dead or it's not talented, the talented people are always number one, mm-hmm. yeah. no matter what era you think about. So focus on talent and the music because that's really what's going to last. And my biggest piece of advice for people just in general, not just artists, don't get excited. Getting excited is the worst thing you could possibly do. You build yourself up, you're probably going to be disappointed. Take everything just as an opportunity. If you're meeting with a label or management or something, don't get excited. Don't get invested. For the rest of your life, you're always going to run into things that are going to excite you. If you build it up, it's just going to be a way bigger letdown and it's going to fuck with your art and how you do things. So just take everything on the chin. This is just another opportunity. Excitement will ruin you. I know that sounds morbid, but I promise you. <laughs> Everyone has had an opportunity that they, yeah. this is going to work out. This is going to be great. You put all your fucking eggs in that basket, and then it doesn't work out. Things usually don't work out. Again, I know that's morbid, but in anything, with arts, business, just don't get excited. <laughs> we can definitely uh, don't get attest excited. to that <laughs> yeah. with like different guests and shit that we've uh, booked and then just... Yeah, usually the Life. ones usually the ones that are doing really well. They're just kind of like going day by yeah, day. If, with if y'all it. think yeah. a guest is coming and they don't, and now you're sitting here upset, the next episode is gonna suck because yeah. you're gonna be thinking about that shit. Yeah. Just take it as oh, they might come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. really where where we're at with it. That, that happened, so that's oh, actually well, good I mean, advice. I like our guests. Every y'all single one guests. of them. Y'all yeah. fucking red man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> How was that drive to Detroit? Oh wow! Oh my God! Everyone they, in this room, they we were, all, they were yeah, the, we all, we, we all, we all, we all did it. Um, it wasn't that bad. I was on Adderall. Yeah. I was chilling. I was fine. <laughs> I had up. that first three hours coming back. That yeah. was that was hard. How long was that drive? Nine, nine and a half. hours. Oh, it's light. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, all right. I thought the that only shit was reason it was it was really bad is because towards uh, getting close to Detroit, fucking, it started raining like a mile oh, soon, yeah. and then the well, the no, it always that rains we in Detroit. It's well, no, constantly the, raining. The issue was the truck that we had was like the Detroit worst shit ever. Was like the fucking uh, <laughs> wheel I'm sorry, was Royce. Up. I was about to say you keep playing <laughs> like you ain't gonna get booked, man. First of all, when I trick, went trick, I had nothing to do with this, Royce. I had nothing to do with this. Anytime I'm near, even near Detroit or flying over it, yeah, yo, Royce, what's up, bro? <laughs> Dead ass. How you doing, man? When, when How's the came, kids? When, oh, yeah, so I tell him. When we yeah. came, I said, yo, um, hey, Royce, check this out. We're we going to be all right, right? He's like, what you talking about? I was like, you know, the whole no-fly zone shit. I mean, we're driving in, so just <laughs> no kind of. <laughs> yeah, he was like, man, you know, Royce all cool and shit. Man, you always playing. Y'all good, man. I was like, all right, no, I, I appreciate it, but you, you did let uh, Trick Trick know, though, right? <laughs> he was like, man, just. Come on, man. Royce say that until someone shoot me. Yeah, man. I ain't fucking with Royce. <laughs> Shout out to Royce, too. Man. Royce at home being a family man. I got bullets in my fucking arm. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Royce. Yeah, no, I'm nah, cool. Royce, you, you, you dope. Yeah. He's, he's a grassroots fan, yeah, a too. Grassroots alumni and fan. Royce. Shout out to Royce. And Red, too. Red is great, yeah, too. Yeah, all of them. 
Even yeah. Rory. Yeah. Shout out to Rory. Yeah, Rory where do I where do I rank? Am I, I'm before Redman, of course. Oh, oh yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> You're definitely there. <laughs> yeah. Wait, rank in terms of like experience with the podcast? No, just like as overall guest. guest like your my favorite. You're definitely my favorite, Rory. I would think so. Yeah, of course. Redman's all right. Yeah, it was Redman was Redman. You know, no big deal. He just he did that movie. How high? You know yeah, what? You know what? All guests matter. So. <laughs> all guests matter. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. That is not true. All guests matter. <laughs> Most all, guests don't. All matter. of our guests matter. <laughs> Who's next? Who's the next guest? Um, I mean, we could say, I guess. Yeah, I guess we could say we have a few people. Uh, we have, uh, Twista, Sai the Prince, Sai the Prince. Like we did. Uh, um, Twista should be interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm. Um, I'm waiting for the Twista one. That's gonna be really, really good. Um, there's a few people. Uh, a nice Andrea little, from Power. Yeah. Uh, Tariq's girlfriend oh, from Tariq's Power. Girl from That's Power. nice. Um, she has some explaining to do. I'm yeah, glad I, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I have a lot of questions. I want to yeah. know why she drugged him. I want to know why. <laughs> you know what I mean? She, she got him bad. out here in these streets. Set him up. I got mad questions. Yeah. I got mad questions. Um, shoot her in the opening scene. Yeah, I hope not. He already caught a, uh, caught a body. It's, it's too late now. No turning back. Yeah, Might as well man. kill the family. Mm. Yeah, he's in. He's in, he's in the game now. When you think about it. Yep. Fuck it. All right. Well, this has been great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Rory, thank you for coming on. Um, especially a lot of the jewels you dropped, uh, especially the last one. I wanted to touch on that. A lot of people uh, do build up things and, 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 and dreams, and that's and that's great. But I think that's some real shit that you said about knowing when to kind of, uh, you know, if you even if you've never been to the Super Bowl, act like you've been there type of yeah. mentality, like making sure you're able to handle yourself and, and act accordingly. And just, you know, if it doesn't work out and if it doesn't happen, it's, it's not the end of the world. So I think that that's dope, especially yeah. with your journey. And, and a lot of people will get opportunities and stop what just got them that opportunity because yeah. they think that's going to happen. Yeah. And they'll just chill like and be like, well, it. I got this this shit cooking up and then yeah. it fails. And it's like, all right, well, you just wasted two weeks of your life not doing shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> Waiting true. for this deal to go through. Yeah. So, so um, hope hope is dangerous. Yeah, that's true. I do have a question. So obviously part of that experience is networking. And I'm sure you have a lot of people that probably come up to you and like want to like, oh, let's work and want something obviously from you. For someone who's trying to get into the industry or even get to the point where you are, like what is the best way to network? But basically to the point where you're not looking like you're a dick writer or you are an opportunist or user. People are as accessible as they've ever been. I can Google your name and probably find your number and your address. Back to serial killer. Yo, um, serial yeah, killer. moving on up in that list. <laughs> oh, you can probably do that. So when you meet people, don't be as focused on getting their contact or trying to connect that way. Just leave a lasting impression on them as a person. Like if you have a good conversation with somebody, mm. you can find their Twitter. You can find their Instagram. You can find their LinkedIn. Like, Everyone is so focused on, all right, well, let me get your email. And that's just a turn off for anybody. Yeah. So just be, leave a lasting impression as you as a human yeah. and then find their fucking Twitter tomorrow and be like, hey, it was good chopping, uh, chopping it up with you. This is what I have an idea for. Like, yeah. instead of just being like, oh, here, put your email on my phone. It's like, fam, come on. I'm, yeah, it's aggressive. I don't like that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my advice with networking. Just get their contact. You already have everyone in the world's contact. <laughs> it's called Google. Yeah. So just be a cool person. And that'll be a way better impression than yo, let's let's build. <laughs> I don't want to build with anyone. <laughs> I hate the build line. Or let's work. <laughs> let's link. <laughs> Shh.
shit. I want to see someone that asks, let's build, like, actually build something. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, let's go. Let's go literally this build. Is... Like, let's go to Home Depot and build something. <laughs> what I'm going to do next. Are you, are you free Saturday? <laughs> Let's build a shed together. Fucking dick. I'm done with this guy. Once again, I'm Brandon Killabitch Hall. And I'm anyone that wants to build, actually want to build something. Call That's Rory. That's a fun fact about me. I want to build something. You know his Instagram. You know his Twitter. Call Rory. Google Rory. Contact him. Google Rory's number. Shit, my address probably on the internet. Tag it. Let's build a shed. And our guest, Rory, thank you for coming on. All right. We out. Bye.